From RealGhostStoriesOnline.com, welcome to another episode of our little radio program, uh, delightfully titled Real Ghost Stories Online. Thank you for uh, joining us. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for telling a friend about the show. We thank you in advance for doing all of those things. It helps us grow, helps us get more great ghost stories and deliver a better show to you every single time we put one of these little things out here. Uh, RealGhostStoriesOnline.com or iTunes or Stitcher or YouTube, wherever you are listening to us, press that subscribe button and you'll not miss a single episode that will be delivered directly to you. Don't you sit there and check the website or check the whatever you know service you're listening to it on. Just press subscribe. It shows up the second it arrives to you. It helps us out tremendously as well, so uh, please do that. And right now, to give us a uh, review there on iTunes and some stars, uh, you email me back what username you did that under. Just email Tony, T-O-N-Y, at realghoststoriesonline.com. Uh, I will email you back with a bonus episode of the show for you to listen to at your leisure. So, a little way of saying thank you for uh, helping support the show. Uh, on today's show, of course, your calls, your letters, we do not listen to them ahead of time. We do not read them ahead of time. We uh, simply just amass them and uh, then get them ready to, to, to share with you. Uh, at the same time, we are, are, are reading them and, and uh, listening to them, which I think just makes it more fun because it's, uh, you know. I think so. We, we are just as shocked as you are by some of the stories uh, and also calling bullshit on uh, some of the stories, too. We try not to do that too often um, unless it's just blatant insanity. Uh, but yeah. uh, for the most part, you know, uh, the letters and the stories that you guys share uh, are you know, I, I believe, uh, for the most part, that people believe these things have happened to them. And in a lot of cases, they did happen to them. Um, but it's important to, uh, you know, kind of go into all the stories with an open mind, I think. Don't just uh, jump into it going, oh, all this must be 100% true. Yeah, look at all the angles. And uh, the, the weird part is, more times than not, you walk away with it uh, after looking at all the angles going, yeah, that really can't be explained. And that's uh, kind of what half of the fun is uh, of the show. Uh, some interesting feedback uh, from something we talked about the other day on the show. We were talking about um, uh, animal ghosts and uh, a lot of folks talking about uh, their stories of their pets who had passed on and uh, the idea of the pets coming back uh, you know, a- after death as a, as a ghost pet. And I brought up the point of then why is not uh, KFC just you know, teeming with haunted ghost chickens? Right, you know, I remember and, that. And things of that nature. You know, or really any restaurant for that that matter, uh, because you're essentially eating, you know, the bodies of dead animals. And I'm not against that. I eat at these restaurants, too. I'm just throwing it out there. Why are, do cats and dogs have a better chance of showing up as a ghost as opposed to somebody's chicken? Um, so this is the reply I got back. A lot of animals which are taken as somewhat unintelligent are actually far more intelligent than people take credit for. There is research on animals such as chickens, which prove they have the ability to learn and remember and react to human interaction. Uh, so I'm not sure if the spirit of an animal has anything to do with how smart we perceive it to be. As for slaughterhouses, I remember someone telling me once that they used to live near one, which is now long gone, and the night before the animals were to be slaughtered, they'd be brought in, and you could hear the animals calling out to each other in a way that made it apparent they were obviously aware something wasn't right. Uh, that's, uh, I think the energy of something like that sticks around in a place, especially somewhere, and hundreds or thousands of animals uh, have been slaughtered at. Yeah, I would I would think so. I mean, that's just a creepy kind of place anyway. So, 
do you think the slaughterhouse for the KFC is has a much better chance of having the ghost chickens than the KFC itself? You know, probably. I I would imagine it probably has something to do with where they were or where they died. Sure. Yeah, it, it's interesting. It, it'd be very interesting to hear um, if anyone has any stories of like haunted, abandoned slaughterhouses. You know, seriously. Yeah. I mean, you hear like you know, slaughterhouse is a horror movie title and things of that nature, but it's usually like referring to people being slaughtered. But seriously, I mean, I, and again, I, this is not like an animal rights person going, "Oh, animals." I, I'm all about you know eating your meat or whatever. I mean, that's completely up to you. But uh, I'm just curious on the topic itself. You know. That's just sad, though. What they wrote about the cows knowing ahead of time. That, I mean, yeah, it is sad. It's it's kind of it is a little bit disturbing. It, yeah, I mean, it really is. Um, but uh, I, I'm I'm curious on the topic if there is uh, if there's anything more to that. You know, mm. with the animal thing. Uh, another uh, interesting uh, letter that we got and says on the subject of children ghosts. I used to work at a Dollar Tree store in Plymouth, Wisconsin, and it had a reputation for having a ghost of a little girl. I actually heard giggling while working there uh, when there were no children in the sco- in the store. Kind of creepy. Yeah, we should go there. You know what? I think I've actually shopped at this really? Dollar Tree. I'm not even making this up because um, I, I grew up in Wisconsin. I grew up in a town called Fond du Lac, Wisconsin, which is about 25 miles from Plymouth. And my mom and me used to go over to Plymouth um, and Kohler and stuff uh, just for fun as a mm-hmm. kid. Um, and if I'm remembering right, I could be incorrect. We did used to hit $1 store uh, in Plymouth, um, and it was in like a mini mall. And, and if this is it, please write in and let me know. It was like in a mini mall. There was, I believe it was like a park and save and turned into a pick and save or something in it. Um, we've driven by it. I've even pointed it out. It's one of my random things I point out to you, and I go, and this happened there. And I'm I know. sure you were thrilled by it. Uh, but uh, this uh, Dollar Tree store, if it's the same one I'm thinking of, um, we used to go and get uh, cashews there because they were like really cheap. Uh-huh. And it was like a buck for like a giant bag of cashews. And it was great. And I remember doing that and I was like you know, 12 or 13 years old. I think it's that same Dollar Tree. Plymouth is not a big town. No, it's not. We've been there. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, and it, it was, if I remember right, it didn't really seem like too creepy of a store it wasn't like really super old it was just in kind of a, a shopping center i think there was a kmart in the shopping center too um but uh yeah see that's just enough to intrigue me i want to know why there's the ghost of the little girl haunting there you know does it have something to do with the land before it was a dollar tree or does it have something to do with kids and dollar I, tree i could very well see it having something to do with the land before because there's a lot of indian grounds Okay. Um, in that area, or Native American, or whatever you'd like to say, um, you know, to be politically correct. But uh, there's a lot of that in that part of the, uh, mm-hmm. the state. So uh, it could very well be built over something okay. um, without anyone really, you know, caring when they did it. Um, so, or knowing for that matter. Um, so that's interesting. It's always fun when I get a little letter like that. I'm like, I think I've been to that store. Sure. Because <laughs> um, it's just you know, so random uh, for everybody across the world who listens to this show. Uh, Joyce writes in, uh, like Tony, I have every intention of being a ghost someday. Ah, I okay. have someone else who wants to be a ghost. Because I don't want to be just another lady in white. I want to be buried in an elephant pajama outfit I found on the web. I may have it tie-dyed, but I'm not sure yet. He's really planning this out. There's a particular <laughs> small bridge tucked away down a seldom used gravel road not far from home where I, I want to uh, have, have an assignment to haunt. 
I don't know quite how it works, but I'm certain I can uh, talk whoever into it. Uh, who could turn down an old woman in an elephant costume, right? I can't wait to be known as the lady in the elephant costume ghost. Anyway, at my funeral, I'd like to have my children standing somberly at my coffin as people approach, and when they look down to see me in an elephant costume with my trunk sticking up, I want my sons to look dolefully into their eyes and say, do you think they did a good job hiding mom's mole? (laughs) (laughs) We always laugh at our family funerals. The ministers tell jokes, and we always make it a celebration. Our religious beliefs dictate that it has to be a celebration, and we do our best to keep it uh, that standard. So I know my family won't be offended by my decision to be buried in an elephant costume. And even if they did, too bad. My life has always been about laughter and happiness. I want my legacy to be laughter. And I can't imagine leaving this world without at least one last laugh. There we go. I I think that tops your request for karaoke at your funeral. It's pretty good. I think that's awesome. I think that's good. I and I I subscribe to her belief system of, you know, the way to handle those sort of things. It is sad when someone passes, but, you know, you got to make the best of it. You know? That's right. Just try and, you know, celebrate the good times. So I say, hey, karaoke in a bar, and everyone can have a good old time. There you go. And maybe an elephant. I don't, I'm not an elephant costume person, but I love her idea. So she must think that um, whatever you're buried in is what you have to wear. Maybe. I'm thinking. that. Well, It's an interesting yeah. theory. I'm not saying she's wrong. I'm no. just saying because so many people have different takes on... You know, when that I've always wondered that too. When you you come back as a ghost, if you come back as a ghost, uh, and you're wearing something, how is that determined? Is it what you died in, or is it what you were buried Can in? Can you pick whatever you want, or not necessarily buried, but cremated, Can you or go whatever? Shopping? Can you go? I'm going to wear this. You know, instantly change your clothes. I don't know. I think it's it's an interesting thought. Anywho. On to more ghost stories. Okay. Shall we? Yes. Uh, Tony, I love your show. Listen each, uh, to each episode each night before going to sleep. I can remember having paranormal experiences since I was about six years of age. I have many true stories I can tell you. But now I'm hoping to change most people's opinion on sleep paralysis. I do not believe it is in our mind or our mind playing tricks in us. And here is why. Back in the early 1990s, I was living in an apartment in uh, Ontario. One night... I was just at the point of falling asleep when I started to hear a faraway humming. I realized that I had become paralyzed. I could look all through the room but could not move my head or any body parts nor make a sound. A black male shadow shadow figure in a hood showed up at the entrance to the door but never came in. He stood there at the entrance and taunted me with words telling me it owned my soul and I would never get to heaven. Creepy things like this. I never saw the face. I was terrified, but this was the first of about five attacks of this entity. I found that if I started saying the Lord's Prayer in my mind, that it would soon go away. But a month after my last attack, my friend, a friend of mine who lived directly seven floors above me came to me in a panic, telling me of what she called the Grim Reaper coming to her bedroom door and screaming at her while she laid paralyzed in her bed. It sounded like the exact same entity that had been attacking me. We made notes. We were sure it was the same thing. So I told her about saying the Lord's Prayer and how it stopped showing up at my door. She didn't wait. She moved out of the building by the end of the week. About five years later, in another town, I started to hear the same humming sounds. Within seconds, my cat jumped off 
the cat tree and ran upstairs. Again, I was paralyzed. I was lying on the couch. I could, couldn't move. I heard a couple of men's voices talking behind me, but could not make out what they were saying. By then, I had learned the prayers of protection, and I said them in my head. The voices stopped. I was able to move, and the cat slowly came back into the room, but seemed scared and unsure. Another time, in the same house, I had fallen asleep in the living room. I woke up to a weird hum again and found I was paralyzed and able to talk or make sounds as usual. I heard what sounded like a party going on in the house. People talking and laughing, walking around the house, having a great time. I don't know how long this lasted. I was lying on my stomach and unable to see much past the floor. I believe I was listening uh, to this for about 15 minutes but I have really no idea the length of time. I heard someone walk into our bathroom, which was about five feet away from me, and then leave the bathroom, and I thought it was all part of what I was hearing in the background. When the paralysis was over and I was able to move my then 17-year-old daughter, uh, able to move uh, my then 17-year-old daughter, whose bedroom was below the living room, came upstairs. She asked if I was all right. I said yes, and asked her why she was asking me this. She told me she had woken up to what sounded like a party going on in the living room. But when she came upstairs to see what was going on, she found that I was asleep on the couch with what she thought was her younger brother or sister sitting beside me. She said at first she thought it was her brother, but realized it was too small to be him. And then she thought her baby sister and remembered she couldn't sit up yet. So she looked closer and saw that the child was translucent with bright blue eyes and short blonde hair. She got scared and ran into the bathroom, which was the closest room to us. She waited there a bit and looked again. The child was gone. She then ran down to her room, but couldn't sleep. She continued hearing the party. When the party noise stopped, my daughter returned upstairs, and she was trembling. Of course, I was freaked out, too, especially after finding out she was hearing it and had seen a child at my side. We spent the remainder of the night huddled up by the window, waiting for the sun to come up. I can't see how anything in my mind would affect others in the same living space. Therefore, I don't believe that sleep paralysis is a hallucination. There are other cases I dealt with sleep paralysis, but these are the ones I remember well enough to write about and the ones that affected others, too. Okay, my question is, why didn't the 17-year-old daughter come wake you up when she saw the translucent child sitting by you? I could see being freaked out enough to run away from that. Yeah. It's kind of fight or flight. I don't know. I think I'd be wanting to wake my parent up and be like them to comfort me because I'm freaked out. Sure. I, yeah, I mean, I, I can see that. I can also see running away. So I, I get where she's coming from, seeing that there's an entity sitting there. You're out of it. Um, and them just being so freaked out, they just run away. Okay. You know, maybe not. Maybe scared of what that entity could do mm-hmm. if it realizes that you see it. You know, that's true. I think I'd be a little. I, I I don't know what I would do in this situation. I could see doing what she did and just kind of running away, mm-hmm. especially at that age. But uh, that's interesting. It I mean, it's great. another take on the sleep paralysis thing, and I think it kind of backs up your thinking a little bit more, where it's maybe not just sleep paralysis in yeah. some cases. You know, it's it, it's just, it's hard to tell sometimes. I think in this case, I think it's something else. Yeah, I do too. Uh, from what that sounded like. 855-853-4802 with your real ghost stories. 855-853-4802. Hi. Hi, Tony. This is Jesse. Well, hello, Jenny. First off, let me say I love your show. Big fan of Coast to Coast, and I love the 
ghost to ghost every year and I as soon as I found the show like the first broadcast I fell in love with it instantly I love hearing ghost stories due to my few experiences and uh, today I wanted to tell you a story about a ghost in Japan so my last year that I was stationed at Iwakuni Japan there at the the flight line area, I was put in charge. I was a sergeant, and I was put in charge of a platoon for the last few months I was there. Uh, Marines that would, and I was in charge of dispatching, and the Marines would drive trucks out there and refuel uh, aircraft on the flight line there. And so picture two squares connected on the back of the squares by a rectangle. This is how this building was shaped. And next door was a small square-shaped building we used for testing fuel. So in the, the square on the left, you'd walk into this, this room. This was the dispatching office. And on the back towards the right was a door with a plexiglass window. Um, it's hard to see through one of those like shower-type window doors, etc. And you'd go through that door with the small window on it and to your left was a cleaning closet you go down the hallway there was a bathroom on your left and then straight into another square building with offices where all the people in charge would would uh, do office work and whatnot so the first time I came into this fuel station working there I was talking to a guy facing I was facing this door in the dispatching office with a plexiglass window and I thought I saw somebody standing there looking at me through the window a dark shaped figure and uh, out of the corner of my eye i look over and as soon as i look over it kind of dissipated into the right and i'm like oh i'm kind of seeing something and the first few times this happened and and lo and behold it, it, it kept happening and so uh, i started talking to guys i'm like did you see that there's somebody watching me and they're like oh that's the ghost <laughs> he haunts this place I'm like, okay, and being a, having a previous experience with a shadow man, I, um, you know, I was like, okay, we'll see. I'm still a bit skeptical. But after a while, you would see it every day, at least two, three, three times a day. And finally, I was there by myself. Everybody's dispatched, and uh, everybody's out. It's towards the evening. The higher-ups went home, and, and I see out of the corner of my eye this shadowy figure, and so I ran to the door, opened the door, Look, nobody's there. I ran over to the office side. Nobody's there. As I looked in the bathroom, looked everywhere, ran out the door, ran all, all around the building, and no one's in sight. And you look out the building, and you can see for a good football field, and uh, nobody was there. So after time goes by, and I talk to one of the higher-ups who's been there for some years, and he proceeds to tell me the story about a Japanese worker who worked in the building next door, for the uh, petroleum testing area. And he said that one day his wife left him and he became very distraught and ended up hanging himself in the petroleum laboratory. And they found his body and took it down and whatnot. And a lot of them there think that the shadowy figure looking in is the ghost of the guy who hung himself, just kind of keeping track on stuff and doing whatever he does. So one night after hearing that bit spooked out, we were receiving uh, about two million gallons of fuel off from the, the uh, ship. So I was. This is when Doom Three came out. 
I brought my Xbox over and was playing while I was in charge of dispatching stuff. And at night, turned off all the lights and uh, was like, okay, this guy's not going to bother me and whatnot. And uh, as I'm playing Doom, I'm getting spooked out. It's kind of a scary game. I felt this kind of hand grab my shoulder, and I thought it was one of the Marines coming back from receiving Phil. And as I turned around, nobody was there. And then I could see somebody standing behind the glass looking at me and it was like a shadowy figure and he dissipated. Well, I kind of ran out the building and grabbed the radio and proceeded to dispatch from uh, the front of the building. It was a little bit too much for me. But um, that is my story and um, I have a, I can tell you my shadow ghost one later on, but uh, I hope uh, I hope you enjoyed and uh, again, I really, really enjoy the show. I'm a big fan. I like listening to it at night, the new ones and stuff in bed, and it's uh, just a great show all around. Thank you very much, and uh, hope you guys have a good one. And thank you. I hope you call back with uh, your Shadow Man story. It's interesting. I I think military bases are probably one of the most haunted places. You think so? I do, because I think there's so much energy there. I mean, especially in, in areas where there has been conflict and you have a lot of people coming and going and maybe never coming back, um, you know, just the anticipation of, of what may be to come. And then if, if you know, the, the worst scenario happens and they, they don't come back, just, you know, the residual energy that may still be lingering there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I... That those are places. I mean, depending on where you're at in in the world, or you know, or in the country, um, and and how old some of the bases are. I, I've been on some older ones where they feel you just kind of get a weird vibe. Yeah. You know, and and it's it's hard to place. It's just kind of an uneasy. I don't know. It's just an uneasy feeling. I don't know. That's what I get from the old Wichita Airport. That's now the Wichita Aviation Museum. Sure. Because not so much because it was it wasn't really a military base, but, uh, you know, that was our active airport during the war. That was the airport my grandfather flew out of on his way Mm -hmm. to Pearl Harbor before the attack. Yeah. So there's all kinds of energy of people leaving during the war, anticipating people coming back that didn't make it, stuff like that. and we've been invited to go in and check that place out and, and talk to the uh, the curators of it, and we need to do that sometime. Yeah. I believe one of the stories about that airport uh, is, and I'm just kind of paraphrasing this here, and me right there where I was going, those are not EVPs. That's just him. That's just me. Being him. Not being able to speak in a complete sentence. Just thought I'd point it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I do thank you for pausing there going, ah, hey, uh, um, curator leaves for the night. They get down the road. All the lights are out. They check the place out. They get down the road. Bam. All the lights are back on throughout the entire museum, which is the airport. Go back. Turn the lights back out. Keep driving down the road. Lights back on. Happened several times. Eventually, they just drove away. I would just drive away probably the second they, time. Yeah, they didn't go back. Um, that's one of the many uh, stories out of that airport. And it's a creepy place. It is. It's. It, I it, love that building, yeah, though. Yeah, it's very interesting. It's it's very uh, creepy. 
And when you look out the window and back, which, what's even more creepy is just the, there's like a giant old, is it like a 747 sitting back there that you can tour or something? And yeah, there's all kinds of aircraft sitting back yeah. on the back tarmac. And, and some of them are, are fairly well restored. Some not so much. Mm-hmm. Some, you know, it, it's, it's a, I think it's like a non-for-profit, isn't it? I'm sure it is. So, you know, there's only so much people are giving to restore crappy old airplanes. I mean, I, some are cool airplanes, but one of them's just like an old passenger jet. I think some of the, because, um, you know, this this is still known as the air capital of the world. I think some of the large aircraft companies here do help try and support sure. it somewhat. I think the, the passenger jet's like a Russian passenger jet or something, so God only knows what the hell's going on on that Wow. Thing. But it's... Um, it's just creepy because it's just sitting there and you can walk up by it. And we, I've taken some pictures by it, too. It's just an interesting vibe. Anytime, and I don't know why it is, I think it's it's part of the like why I had such a fascination with Titanic as a kid and still get kind of spooked by it. And I had a fascination with trains as a kid. Um, is there's something weird about defunct and decrepit large pieces of machinery, if you will. Okay. That that hold people or transported people, I I still am very much haunted by the the images of ghost ships, and I'm not talking ships that are like literally ghosts. I'm talking just abandoned ships, like the SS United States in uh, I believe it's in Philadelphia, just sitting there docked. How about the coast of Concordia? Well, that's a creepy one too. That's a yeah. fairly modern one, but that was that's like an old ocean liner that's sure. just sitting there rotting away. And had so much history associated with it. And its sister ship, the SS America, they were trying to tow it somewhere to be a museum, quote-unquote. And I think they honestly, somebody just ran out of money and they purposely beached the thing. And then eventually it was sitting there on a reef. And I think I've shown you pictures of this forever. Yeah. And uh, eventually broke in half, but sat there on a beach for like eight years, slowly, this giant you know, once, you know, magnificent ship, passenger ship. I'm not so much into the warships. It's like the passenger ships that I really get, you know, tickled by, if you will. Okay. And and it just slowly rotted away and eventually just fell into the ocean. But it was just sitting there, this ghost ship, falling apart. And like the Queen Mary that's been restored and turned into a hotel. Just, I don't know. Something about those giant things and old trains. Like, I was really interested when we saw those old trains on our trip the other day. Old passenger trains. I don't know. Just of all the energy that's come and gone, I'm just drawn to those sort of things. Yeah. Not so much, you know, I don't really get drawn to small little, you know, uh, recreational aircraft or anything like that. Um, But I am drawn to, like, the giant defunct airplanes. See, I love Anything that flies. I like the big ones. The small ones, yeah, I don't really care. I love anything that flies. But the big ones, I I don't know. There's something, I don't know. The size, I don't know what it is. But um, Well, there has been at least one documented death in that airport. From what? There was a suicide there. Oh, in the airport? Yeah. Like, in, when it was a museum or when no, it was an airport? when it was an airport. Somebody just didn't want to go somewhere? I don't remember the story, but I remember there was somebody that died uh-huh. there. I could see that, you know, someone having, you know, being deployed or drafted or something and having to go off and... I may be wrong, but I believe it. they hung themselves. Oh, God. Yeah, that's always, like, the worst, because then you're... I mean, they're going to find you no matter what, but I think finding somebody hanging is yeah one of the more horrific ways to find somebody, I guess, in sure. my 
point of view. There's that that building could be a horror movie, just the way it looks and <laughs> just the rotunda in there. I could totally see they walk in and there's a body hanging from the rotunda or something because it would just be the perfect horror horrible setting for something like that. Anyhow, it is a creepy place. We'll talk more about that some other time and, and maybe get to some folks on the show to tell us more about the history of that haunted airport. 855-853-4802 is a phone number to call in with your real ghost stories. Yeah, hello, guys. Um, my name is James. I've been listening to your show for like a month now and I'm loving every second of it. Um, Tony, your wife mentioned something um, about a story or someone mentioned someone I'm not sure exactly who I'm, I'm kind of getting in and out just got off of work about a girl who remembers seeing herself as a child around her parents wedding in a park she remembers seeing this vaguely like she was actually there and quite frankly I remember a certain event in my in in my life where I, I saw this fire. Uh, it was uh, at someone's house that I, that I never met. The house I'd never been in, it burned down, but I remember being someone, trying to save someone on a couch who frankly had, I knew couldn't move at all. Like I knew this person couldn't move in my head and I still remember seeing this image. And I asked my mom, was there a fire? She said, yes, um, two people had died. The person, one of the people were, was a paraplegic. The other one was trying to save the other guy from dying, but died himself in the fire. I mean, I remember seeing this like I was there, like I was a guy trying to save the paraplegic man. And these guys were part of my family too. I don't know if that means anything, I just seeing it. And my mom never questioned it. I never questioned it either until after I heard the story that other people were talking about seeing themselves as a another person being in an event that they were never they weren't around in. I mean, this was probably like two or three years before I was born, maybe, but I distinctly distinctly remember seeing a man, a burning house, laying on a couch, not moving, me trying to pick him up. I don't see much after that. I just remember trying to pick him up, and he goes blank. Anyway, I, I'm wanting to know your thoughts on that. If you can give me some feedback at any time. Um, thank you for the show. It's fantastic. It's still one of the scariest things that you know that I've ever heard. I mean, I'm listening to some of these in the daylight, like eight o'clock in the morning, and I'm sitting there shivering that I'm so scared. Anyway. Thank you very much. Yes, I'm nice there. Bye. I'm glad you enjoy this show so much. Um, I remember when we talked about the little girl who remembered being at her parents' wedding when she hadn't even been born yet. Do you remember yeah, that story? Yeah, 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 yeah. I completely believe that somehow, sometimes we just know things that have happened long before we were around to experience it. I don't know what it's called and I don't know why that is, but I think certain people have the ability to just know and see some of those things. Because mm-hmm. it's not necessarily, it's not astral projection if you know you didn't exist. No, because there's nothing to project. Yeah, yeah. You know, I thinking back there, there, 
I don't have any specific examples of this, but I do have some memories of going places with my parents as a kid and knowing I had never been there before, but knowing some things about some places. I mean, and you could attribute this to a lot of things. You could say I saw some pictures. Maybe I did. Maybe they told me about some places. Maybe they did. Um, but there were several times where we'd be out in some town in, you know, Bumbleville, Wisconsin, and, you know, visiting somebody or just, you know, on a weekend road trip or something. And I I could tell them things about the area where it was like, oh, yeah, isn't that down there? Or this is over here. Or I there was a couple times I remember where I, I could swear, you know, I'd been there before and I would get into like arguments with my parents. And I'd be like, no, I... I know we've been here before. I, I don't know when, but I could tell them that I know I'd been here before. And they were like, no, we, we last time we were here is before you were born. And that's kind of where the conversation just ended. And I, I don't have any specific examples because I'd never thought anything more of it um, until this second. Um, it was just kind of one of those things where it's just like, oh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I just, you know, thought of it, you know, remembered it from or was mistaking it for some other location. But I, I remember a lot of that when I was a kid, where I would go and, and feel like I'd been in places before that I, according to them, I had not been. Okay. So, I don't know. I mean, I have a pretty in-depth memory, too, of childhood. Mm -hmm. Like, I have memories of when I was one, you know, at different places and situations. So, some of those things I also kind of wrote off my mind going, yeah, you probably took me here when I was like an infant. And I just remember the area and the stuff, and you're thinking I don't, and you're writing it off. I don't know. But some cases, they were, you know, they blatantly would say, you have never been here before. You know what I'm wondering? Um, both of these cases that we've talked about, not not yours mm -hmm. so much, but the two from the callers that we've had, or yeah. I don't remember if the first one was a letter, but they involved very emotional events one being a, a marriage getting married and one being the horrific death of two family members mm -hmm. it makes me wonder if any of that emotion can be passed down and that might be why they they have some kind of knowledge or recollection yeah i don't you know that I could see that. I mean, it's far-fetched, but that's all we talk about is far-fetched. So That's the whole topic of the show. That's the point of the show. Yeah. So I may be totally off base, but I'm wondering if that doesn't have something to do with it because it was such, so emotional, sure. either good or bad. No, that that does make sense. Oh, it's an interesting theory. I, I, I wouldn't dismiss it. Oh. It's not an EVP. It's Tony. 855-853-4802. 855-853-4802. Bravo, by the way, though, on the last um, ones, there were some people thinking there were some EVPs on, I think, the ghost of the grandfather coming back show. Um, and I'd listen to it, too. Nope. Quit making those noises. It we're wasn't not me this time. It was a caller. Oh. And it was just a caller breathing. Okay. It was you could you could tell they were taking a breath, and okay, it's not me who's taking the breath, so it's hard for me to say I know for sure this is a person taking a breath. But eighteen years of doing radio and talking to callers, I can tell when a caller is taking a breath. So you're gonna have to just go with me on that one. Okay. It was clearly in a state like I just was there mid sentence where I was like, 
That's all it was. Taking a breath. But then somebody thought it was a word, and then some other people chimed in thinking it was this other word. I don't think it was anything. Okay, so when we get one and we collectively agree that God, we I got want one, one, I want one. Then we will let people know that we got one. I'm going to be like Janine on Ghostbusters. I'm going to hit an alarm and be like, we got one! Okay. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. I'm going to get my hair cut like her, too. Or wear, wear the bad wig like she had on Ghostbusters, too, because I have no hair. It'd be great. There you go. And uh, you're like, yeah, that's my husband over there. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Uh, 855-853-4802 with your real ghost stories. Let's go to another one. Hi. Hello. Um, this is Marcy again, and I happen to know something about the Titanic and the hauntings of that. I live about an hour and a half from Halifax, and I have to go there for appointments for my eyes sometimes. So when I walked by this certain restaurant, I got the chills. And when I mentioned that, it turns out that this restaurant is where the uh, bodies of the Titanic victims were held. And actually, they do have, like, they say it. They don't keep this a secret. They even say, like, you're dining with the spirits. There's so much going on. You you should just look that up online. But uh, other than that, I have had other issues during my life since I was three years old probably earlier I say two to three I've had dreams of driving in a left-handed car uh, right-handed it was on the right side the driver's was on the right side and I was on the left so and then we were driving and then there was a large explosion right ahead of us after doing studies of what I've seen because I'm able to actually draw it and identify the car and it was a 1943 even though it was 45 for the the atomic bomb I believe it was a 1943 army jeep from Japan and I think I had another life at one time that was perhaps I died in Hiroshima I was on the passenger side and I remember it so clearly but I feel as if the man, it was definitely a man on the other side driving, was perhaps my father. Maybe I lived on the base there. I'm not sure, but I know I died instantly. It, it's pretty weird, but I'm certain of this. I've drawn pictures of it multiple times because I'm waking up as a three-year-old child screaming your head off because you've seen explosion and you don't know why you're dying and then you wake up. I never felt any pain or anything. That, that's just one of those things. And I've also found a painting on the internet of this woman from France. And she has a really weird resemblance to me. And also the same shaman that I spoke of before, He, uh, she uh, told me that I, that I had many lives in the past. So I kind of believe that. I am also skeptical of it, but this picture is very close to me. Maybe if you'd be interested, I could send that to you. Okay, I just wanted to tell you about that fisherman story, too. It's called The Four Fishermen, just so you don't forget. Okay, thank you. Bye. Thank you again, Marcy. We always enjoy your calls. Um, When you were talking about seeing the explosion I thought you were going to say that you saw the Halifax explosion because if I'm not mistaken there was a horrific explosion there from a a ship Mm -hmm. Um, but that's very interesting about the Titanic um, 
bodies that were stored in what's now a restaurant. Have a waffle and dine with the Titanic victims. That's that's interesting. I'd like to know. You know, I want to look that up and, and find out where that is. Because I'm sure we'll go back there again sometime. That's yeah. where we went for our honeymoon. Yeah, and then we also can visit uh, the uh, the Trailer Park Boys set. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> visit Leahy. Um, but yeah, Halifax is a really neat town. Um, and the, tit- the, the Maritime Museum there is really interesting, too. There's a lot of uh, artifacts from the Titanic there, including part of the Grand Sta- Staircase. Um, de- deck chair. The, the only deck chair that survived that was authentic. Um, I'll never forget the look on your face when we came around the corner and yeah, saw that. That was neat. Um, but uh, and then the graveyard itself is creepy, uh, too, where it's the although I felt fairly peaceful there. Honestly, I didn't really feel too creepy. Did you feel creepy in the, the Titanic graveyard? No, no, I didn't. It, it, it just it, it honestly just felt like a graveyard. I mean, I, I don't get creeped out in very many graveyards, honestly. Um, I want to be, but I'm not. And there when I didn't really feel very creepy. I thought it was interesting how they put all the gravestones in the shape of the ship. Um, that was interesting. I don't remember that. They did. You're looking that? at me like I'm crazy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah the 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 layout of the gravestones were essentially in the outline of the ship, not like smokestack outline, but like the bird's eye view. Bird's eye view of the okay, ship. Okay, I yeah. didn't realize that. The That's only thing I remember is that they had pulled a victim and buried him there. He had identification, but he didn't have any relatives or anything. His name was Jay Dawson, and that became the inspiration sure. for the main character of the movie. Yeah, yeah. That's all I remember. Yeah, so um, a very interesting story. Thank you uh, Thank you for the call. 855-853-4802 with your real ghost stories here at Real Ghost Stories Online. And we have another call. Hi. Hi, my name is Paul. I'm from... San Bernardino, California, <clears throat> and uh, the story started. Well, it happened about uh, a couple years ago, 2006. I was about 21. I was working on a pipeline crew, you know, in the mountain ranges, you know, doing fire hydrant line, and uh, I was staying in this house in Truckee, in Tahoe, right along the Donner Pass, and. Well, they put me up in the mud room because, you know, there wasn't enough rooms in the house and they were renting a house for the summer. It was pretty cheap for them, I guess, but there wasn't enough rooms for everybody. So they put me up in a cot in the mud room in front of the house. So I had my own little spot, but there was windows all around me, you know? And uh, my bed was right by the window. And a couple weeks into working there, I... uh, I woke up with sleep paralysis and I was facing the window and I seen these two women come out from behind the tree that was in front of my window about 20 feet and they just like walked up and they just were looking at me and they were talking they were like they were saying um there he is look at him that's him you know and they walked up to my window and they were pretty close I want to say they were about five foot away from the window and uh it really freaked me out so i did all i could i couldn't move so i did all i could do and finally kicked and spun around and i was freaked out my heart was pounding you know i was going i was going crazy i was like oh my god and i told everybody at work and they didn't believe me of course i look like the crazy guy right new kid crazy dude young guy anyway and about a week later 
I wake up again, and this time I'm on my back, and there's this dude. It's just, I can only see the outline of him through the stars and the, and the lights from all around the houses and, and the trees and stuff. I can only see the outline of him. He's right out my window, and I can't see any facial features or nothing. And I think he was wearing a hat, like a top hat or something. And he, this is literally what I remember what he said. And it was like telepathy, like it was through my brain. He wasn't saying it physically. He was saying, don't worry. Please don't freak out. I just want to talk. I haven't talked to anybody in a long time. And of course I freaked out and did the same exact thing. And the worst part was, you know, is, is that this time, like, I, after I woke up, I felt bad, like, oh, man, like, that's terrible, you know? And then I looked back over, and he wasn't there, and I well, kind of thank God, probably. But, um, yeah, this stuff's happened a lot since I was a little kid. Stuff's happened. Um, I remember one time when I was about, I had to be, like, 17, and I was just in my room at my parents' house, and I was trying to go to sleep. You know, I had school in the morning and stuff, and and I'm just looking up in, at my ceiling, and I realize I really can't see my ceiling. You know, and it's like right there. It's like, it's not pitch dark. You know, I have my window open, I can see things. And I just couldn't see in front of me. And it, then I started staring a little harder, and I seen like the outline of like a face. And the face was like smiling at me. And it wasn't like, it was like a really weird, evil, I want to say evil, smile. And uh, I'll never forget it. And it's weird right now, just as I said that, um, I'm standing by the coffee maker in my room. And the lid to one of my tubs of coffee just like popped for no good reason I ain't touched that since like two days ago that's strange anyway love the show guys um I think I might have to pick up like a sweater or something that seems cool you guys deserve some profit from what you guys are doing you guys maybe should do like a buck a show type thing or maybe like a buck a week type thing man I'm telling you that, that'd be amazing set it up on PayPal or some type of something because what you guys are doing is amazing so thank you very much Thank you uh, for the call, and thank you for the, uh, the suggestions there. I don't know. We, we, we'll do something at some point. I'd like to figure out some sort of premium content we can offer. Um, it's just, I, I love doing the show, though. I mean, I, I don't want to, like, take away, you know, shows from people, but uh, I don't know. But anyway, uh, doing the show as frequently as we are doing it, uh, we'll, we'll try and do that as long as, uh, as long as we really possibly can. But maybe at some point we'll figure out some, some premium extras, you know, to be a member or something. I don't know. I don't know. But, I, uh, but, I like the idea of just buying the swag. Yeah, but buy the swag right now, because that's really what we got to, to help support the show. Um, so uh, do do that, of course. Uh, uh, you know, we, we make very little off of the, the total of, uh, you know, what you're, you're buying there, the Cafe Press stuff that we have on the website. But uh, every little bit uh, helps. Every little bit counts. And you get a, a really cool, uh, you know, quality shirt. We got our sweatshirts in the mail the other day. And uh, they're cool. They're they're really good quality. So uh, yeah, please. Uh, yeah, we were kind of surprised. <laughs> we didn't know what to expect. <laughs> like, we just ah! wanted it to have our logo. 
logo, yeah. but it was like, oh, honestly, yeah. it's great. It's nice stuff. So, uh, yeah, do uh, you know stock up on sweaters and stuff as uh, you know fall and Halloween season uh, approaches. And uh, we were in the uh, the store today. And our little redhead, uh, she just stood there in amazement as we looked up as they were moving all the back-to-school crap away and putting up the Halloween candy. (laughs) And it was like, yes, Halloween season is here. And uh, it was fun. I I put a cute little picture of her up on our uh, our Facebook page if you want to check that out. Um, it's, it's the most wonderful time of the year. It's uh, it's like Christmas for us. It is. So, uh, 855-853-4802 is the phone number to call if you have a real ghost story. Did you want to say anything about... I, I, I don't know. I was just... The first thing I thought of when he mentioned the area for the first haunting near Donner Pass. Yeah. That made me wonder if maybe that had something to do with it. You know, in all likelihood that, that could... Um, that really wasn't a super positive experience for those folks. No, it wasn't. So oh, I could I could very well say it. I also you know I also I'm not one who I want to, I don't want to jump the gun on explaining who's you know the source of the haunting. No, you know, I, I hate that where. Especially on reality shows, going back to that again, where they're like, well, there was a train derailment eight miles away, and we think it's someone from the train derailment 400 years ago, you know, or, you know, 100 years ago, you know. But that was a fairly... That was a pretty horrific event. It was, and, yeah, and I right. don't do that. I don't jump no. the gun very much. But when I sure. think of something that bad that's happened in the area, that yeah. can stir up a lot of yeah, stuff. Yeah, I agree. I I'm agree. not saying it necessarily was somebody that died during sure. that whole thing. But I, I think that that can just kind of be... It can bring more ghosts. It can bring other things into the I the feel mix. like it can almost be like a portal. Sure. Yeah. Bring so. more into the mix than, than otherwise would be there. Yeah. Yeah. I, that makes sense. I agree. 855-853-4802 with your real ghost stories. Hello, Tony and Jenny. This is Cisco, and I just heard Mary, and uh, I'm just so thrilled to hear somebody else is out there um, that is just doing this to help. Um, just She said it perfectly, and I cannot add to anything that she said other than this. Um, I myself am the same way. I don't, I'm not writing a book. I wouldn't even think about telling some of the stories of the people I helped. That's a personal thing that's happened to them. Um, you don't charge. I'm Native American traditionalist, and we won't even sell medicine bags, dream catchers, jewelry um, in, a, in a lot of ways. Uh, we are, that's, a, that's also a personal thing. That's a personal choice. And this is the same thing. Um, that's one of the things that bothers me when somebody has a haunted house and and they're um, or a haunted place and they're they have a little gift shop. Uh, like there's other ones out there. I don't even name them, but you know a horrible murder occurred there, and you're going to have a gift shop with little axes or you know little head. You know I, I just ugh, I can't. To me, it's very much like if you had if you're living in a home. And next door, you're walking down the street, and there's a well, and somebody fell in the well, and they're yelling, help me. Do you then go get a rope and stand above the hole and go, you know, if you give me $500, I'll throw the rope down the hole and help you out. It just seems the same to me. For other people, that's different. Um, it, it, it just seems unconscionable to do that. I can understand getting gas money or 
or, or travel money or something like that. I, I myself have just got a very minimal job. I, it keeps my bills paid. I just work in like everybody else. But if somebody needs help, you're only going to put out your hand if they're going to fill it with money first. So that's just me. And wonderful uh, spiritual hug to you, Mary. And keep doing up the good work. And I'm an old gal, too. And you know what? I'm in my 50s as well. And uh, it's just so wonderful to hear that there are others out there that are doing the same thing and uh, not trying to gain off of somebody else's suffering. And thank you so much. And thank you again, guys. As usual, you're doing a wonderful job. Blessings. Thank you, Cisco. I don't know about you, but I really do need my 9-11 commemorative coffee mug to remember. Yeah, that's horrible. <laughs> that's just horrible. It's, and, and I'm not trying to make a joke, but that's what I... She's exactly right. And that, that right there, what I just said, was satire. I know. So, so I just want to define that. I know So nobody's taking that the wrong way, because somebody will be like, how would you say? It's satire, because <laughs> that's the insanity of, of what there is out there. you know. And I think what she's referring to, and I'll say it, it's the Lizzie Borden house is what she's talking about. I believe so. Um, where they have the axe earrings and this or that, and it became, you know, really, um, you know, it's, you know, it's something of, you know, lore. But it's a house. A tragedy occurred there. I feel the same way about the insane, uh, inflatable Titanic jump jumps that pop up at fairs and the those, slides that kids can go down. Those are horrible. It's insane. It's horrible. I mean, we're talking about a horrific tragedy here. I and, and what I said the first time I saw that, I said, so in 90 years, are they going to have like World Trade Center bungee jump things, yeah. you know, at the county fair. I remember you and I were just horrified when we saw yeah. that. I mean, and, and seriously, I mean, that sounds horrible. I mean, yeah, a big inflatable World Trade Center you can jump bungee jump off of. You know, that's insane and horrible, and this is not something I'm saying they should do, but I'm saying, is that going to happen? Cause it's kind of the equivalent. It's, the equ- it's close to yeah. with the amount of deaths that occurred. Um, <laughs> And I get, you know, over time, there's a disconnect. The generations, it just becomes part of history. But my God. There, it never becomes okay to disrespect an event like that. No, I mean, that's just, it's just too extreme. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and, yeah. And, but then we, we, we still do see it present day. You know, we do see it present day. 855-853-4802. 855-853-4802. If you have a real ghost story that you would like to share with us here at Real Ghost Stories Online. So I have a question yeah. for you. Since we're talking about Halloween season coming up, what are we going to do for Halloween season? Because we deal with Halloween just about every day. Mm-hmm. So I want to know what we want to do for Halloween. On the show? Yeah. Uh, you got me. I don't know. Um, I would love some suggestions. I mean, there's a lot of interviews I would love to get, and I have some special ones in mind. It's just a matter of getting those interviews uh, landed and put together um, so we can get them. And I think that would be really cool. Um, I'm thinking maybe some extended episodes, maybe a little bit longer for Halloween, maybe going into I know, like a two-hour episode. Maybe the week of Halloween, we have some extra, you know, ghost stories in there. Uh, I'm thinking of some greatest hits episodes, if you will, where we take some of the best calls of the year. Okay. Um, and and replay them and kind of do some new commentary on them and some new insight into them. Um, just with the new knowledge that we've all gained over hearing all these other stories. 
because I, I, I look back in some of the old episodes I've listened to, and I, I think I have a different opinion on that than I did before. So I think that could be an interesting thing. Um, yeah, I, there, some of that stuff I think would be good. I really would like to get some some interviews um, with some folks. Um, there's a couple that are on my list um, that I've been trying to get for a while, and for some legal reasons, some people can't talk about some certain things, and um, we'll see. We will see. If anyone has any suggestions or has a great idea for some Halloween shows, uh, write in and let us know. That's what I was hoping for. I want to know what they want to How about hear. you? Me? What do you think we should do? I, I think we should definitely do something special, but um, I don't really know what. Um, you know, the bonus episode thing right now, they can get it when they subscribe. So I don't really want to do that for Halloween. But I I don't know. I was thinking maybe our listeners would have some ideas on what they would like to see or 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 do yeah i don't know well write in let us know we would love to hear the suggestions and maybe we'll make it into some halloween shows yeah so there you go uh of course uh if you give us some reviews on itunes right now we'd really appreciate that and then email me the username that you used and uh, i will reply back to you uh with a bonus episode of our show just email tony t-o-n-y at real ghost stories online.com and we will get that out to you that's how it works fairly simple thank you again for listening to this episode of real ghost stories online pin it on pinterest share it on facebook uh whatever medium you like to use we would love for you to um let some more folks know about the show so for jenny brewski i'm tony brewski thank you for listening to real ghost stories online